Hey everyone, if you know me, you know that I've been investing in precious metals for many, many years. Once I realized that private banking cartels could drastically manipulate currencies, putting my family savings in jeopardy, I decided to take matters into my own hand and diversify our savings strategy. This is why I buy physical silver and gold and invest in metals through our Roth and 401k. And I only invest with Colonial Metals Group. CMG is the exclusive sponsor of The Shannon Joy Show, and they're helping me set up a safe and secure self-directed IRA where I have access to my assets no matter what the stock market or, for that matter, the government is doing. Let the team of experts at Colonial help you protect your family's future with an extra special offer just for the SJ audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950 and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver just for the SJ audience. Join me today and take back your power. Secure your wealth with Colonial Metals Group. Hello world. Welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. Hello, world, and welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. We're broadcasting from the Joy Virtual Studio right here in the beautiful Finger Lakes region of New York State. It is so good to be with all of you tonight in the Joy Virtual Studio. We welcome once again, good friend of the Shannon Joy Show, Sasha Latipova. She is an amazing researcher, whistleblower, and uh, freedom fighter in this battle for medical freedom in the 21st century. You can find her on Twitter. Her handle, her handle is at Sasha underscore Latipova, L-A-T-Y-P-O-V-A. And she features most of her work and her updates on her Substack, which is Due Diligence and Art. And you can see some of her beautiful artwork right behind her in the studio. Sasha, welcome to the program. So glad you're here. Hi, Shannon. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the artwork behind you? I'm just, I can't, can't stop looking at it. It's beautiful. And I know that your Substack is so interesting. You are an artist, also a whistleblower in these dystopian times, probably in retirement. You came back out of retirement in order to fight for liberty for, um, you know, future generations, but that is just beautiful. Can you tell me about it a little bit? Uh, yeah, well, so this is what I was doing before 2020. I, I retired from pharmaceutical industry. I sold my companies and uh, I wanted to do art all my life and I never had quite some time. So I actually took time and studied and went to Italy to study a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this piece is um, uh, it's called The Kingdom of God. Um, and that's, you know, it's quote from the Bible. Uh, and uh, I, I really love it. I love it, you know having it behind me uh, it's sold unfortunately oh. <laughs> we'll be leaving shortly <laughs> oh my it's just beautiful and and a lot of your artwork does have a faith theme um uh you know of judeo-christianity and i just think that's really really amazing in these yeah. dark times for sure it's it's important because the realist art and um the type of kind of artist that i i want to follow is the renaissance and uh post-renaissance um you know dutch realist school and Russian realist school, it's because they, it's about the truth. The truth needs to be exp- 
exposed, the truth needs to be uh, expressed in every art form that mm. exists. Yeah. Um, and art, you know, the visual art as well as written and spoken video. Um, so this is what it's all about. Yeah. Well, it's very beautiful. Uh, we recently came back together. You've been on the show a couple of times. Uh, we were in contact last week. Many people don't realize that Sasha did live right in uh, in the Rochester, New York area for many years. I'm in Fairport, New York. Uh, you lived in a neighboring town of Pittsburgh. Do you still have relatives in New York State? And we were connected by a, a harrowing ordeal that Sasha went through with a relative um, in one of the area hospitals right here in Rochester, New York. And if you think that the COVID killing protocols are over and they're not happening in Rochester, think again. Uh, Sasha and her family, they were eyewitness to this in Highland Hospital, which is a hospital under the umbrella of URMC. Before we get to your story, we're going to hit a, a, other, a host of other issues as well. Just to remind you guys, um, Sasha was a former research and development executive in the pharmaceutical industry. She worked closely in uh, late 2020-21 with Catherine Austin Fitz to, loca- to locate and analyze government contracts implicating the Department of Defense and Pentagon as the entities in charge of COVID lockdowns and the protocols as countermeasures. Um, she has been a recent eyewitness, amazingly, to some of the things that you have spoken about and written about in terms of the hospital kill protocols. In an incident with your relative, uh, Sasha now suspects that Department of Defense agents and operatives may actually be deployed in hospitals across the country um, to execute, maintain, and study the practice of democide, which is systematic government killing of its own people within the hospital settings. Sasha, this is something that we have discussed, the COVID-19 kill protocol that many have written about, but you recently had the opportunity of witnessing it firsthand and witnessing exactly what they do to COVID-19 patients on those floors through this absolutely harrowing ordeal that you went through recently with a family member. Um, right here in Rochester, New York. Can you walk the audience through uh, what happened and what you and your family members witnessed? Uh, yes. Um, well, one correction. It's Catherine Watt. Uh, Catherine Austin Fitzai is my friend also, but on a Catherine different... Watt. Yeah, different, different <laughs> yes. topic. Yep, yep. Sorry uh, about that. And, and Catherine Watt also writes on Substack, and her Substack is Bailiwick News. Very, very uh, good, uh, thorough research. Uh, so, um, yeah, so what happened is uh, I, uh, one of my elderly relatives uh, lives in Rochester, New York, and uh, was admitted to Highland Hospital. Um, and we're not even sure because it, before that she tested, she, she was sick. Uh, she tested negative for COVID and she was admitted and put into COVID ward. Hmm. She's uh, so older. Not, She's elderly. Older, yeah, in, in her eighties. And uh, so, but uh, so, w- but we were as a family, we were prepared. I mean, we we are aware, obviously, of what's going on because of of my work. And uh, so, what I would like people to realize that these protocols are ongoing, and this is what you need to do to make sure that your your loved ones don't get harmed by this. Uh, so we were prepared. We had executed um, health proxy, uh, power of attorney mm-hmm. for one of the family members. Right. And uh, 
uh, when at, when admitting to the Highland Hospital, even though they put her in the COVID ward, we specifically uh, requested, and sh- and she requested, and also uh, we, you know, we as relatives requested that there will be no remdesivir given to her, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, put that in the chart. So had a discussion with several people there. They tried to push for remdesivir. We said no, absolutely no, and put it in the chart. Uh, and, uh, so the, the admitted her and then, then, um, we, we started witnessing what's going on. Uh, again, we were going in visiting her every day and not many people do that because they're afraid of COVID. And I should, and I tell you, there's nothing to be afraid. They try to, first thing they try to do is by driving this fear, they try to isolate your loved one in the hospital and tell you it's a terrible, terrible virus and you can't go in uh because you know you're going to you're going to get sick also so uh uh we were going in every day multiple times a day so witnessing what's going on uh and uh so isolation and then another thing they tried to do and they they did they refused to hydrate her and as you know hydration is number 1 like you have your personal training fitness basic. coach this is basic, basic. Yeah. sports or any activities, especially the elderly. Uh, hydration is number one uh, with any sort of flu, respiratory uh, viral illness. And another thing you need to do all the time is like drink fluids, make sure you're, you're hydrating yourself, make sure you're expelling all the toxins that are in you. Uh, they refuse to hydrate her. They, can uh, you explain to me how they refused to hydrate her? They, uh, in, in what, what ways they denied her basic water at high so they even denied her uh, apple juice they said that they were out of apple juice the relative who was visiting her had to go to Wegmans and buy apple juice for her the hospital was out of apple juice we were told Uh, then 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 they send then they send um, a family relationship representative to talk to them to explain that the hospital is not treating dehydration the hospital is not treating her other conditions that she has as an elderly person, autoimmune condition that she has, blood pressure problems. Uh, they they were coming in and saying, no, we don't treat those things. We don't treat dehydration in this hospital. We only focus on COVID. That was the exact narrative that we were told. That is unbelievable. Yeah, obviously they have they have a protocol. They they know that the family is going to be concerned that their loved one is being dehydrated. And they have this whole narrative to come in and tell you the gaslight you into, oh, we're so caring about COVID that all these other things we don't worry about. How you know, how does this make those are the other things that will kill you on the COVID war? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you need food, you need water, you need sustenance, you need vitamins, you need minerals. And these are all denied in exclusion of a very specific Uh roach COVID protocol. Before we continue with your story, are the COVID protocols, to your knowledge, still bringing in cash for hospitals? I know that during COVID-19, if you admitted a COVID patient, if they were diagnosed with COVID, if they went on a ventilator, if they were given remdesivir, remdesivir, then the hospital would receive money from either the state or the federal government through one of the various acts, maybe it was CARES Act or subsequent acts, uh, the emergency orders that were put through. Do you know if that's still happening today, if these hospitals are still financially benefiting from these protocols? 
So I was specifically checking on that. That's correct. So there are huge monetary incentives were put in since 2020, uh, especially so uh, the ventilator would be something like to put something, somebody on ventilator would be something like $40,000. Uh, the uh, um, if you, you if the hospital used remdesivir, all of the bill, which could have been over $100,000 and in California up to $500,000, depending on how long that per- person stayed in the in the hospital, uh, if they use remdesivir, there would be a 20% bonus on all of the billing, including personal bonuses to the staff. So that, of course, of course, it's a huge financial incentive. And I talked to sp- specifically to my friends uh, and, and attorneys who were prosecuting the suit, who were like uh, uh, working on hospital murder cases right now. And they mm-hmm. said that it's it's expiring in September. This these this twenty percent kicker uh, is is expiring in September. But this was happening in August. So so, so I'm well, like, so you could see how uh, if if you were to um, be very cynical, you could see how a hospital staff or an executive board would really want to you know get as many bonuses and incentives in place before this expires in September, and mm-hmm. so that would it could explain that's just sickening it's sickening and yeah. you watched it play out i'm sorry i didn't mean i wanted to just establish that, that quickly as we we're going through because uh, tonight everyone uh sasha is explaining exactly how these kill protocols are rolled out in hospitals this happened at highland hospital under the umbrella of urmc right in my own backyard of rochester new york which is astounding um that that you know it 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 worked out this way so first they isolate the patient from their family and they typically use fear right you don't want to get covid you could die from covid there's an uptick right and so the family members don't come in and check up on the on the patient because they're afraid. In the early days of 2020 and 21, they wouldn't let family members in, but now they just have to scare them out. Then they refuse to hydrate. Then they bring in what you call the family relationship counselor that comes in and explains to you in a, in a very gaslighting kind of way why they can't give your loved one food or water or nutrients or basic health or even treat the conditions that they had in the first place. They need to deal exclusively with COVID-19, which is, as you know, uh, run death is near and then the ventilator, which typically, and that's what they call remdesivir cynically in the hospitals that because so many people die from it. Um, so they send in the family relationship counselor, which is where we left off with you to, to gaslight the family into allowing them to deny basic care. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and they would also not fill her other medications. So she obviously is an elderly. Everybody has some kind of a condition. She has an autoimmune condition, which has a low, very low blood pressure. So she needs a, a medication that increases blood pressure. Even though it was ordered in the hospital, they would not fill it for several days. Oh and you see, they don't allow you to bring your uh, outside meds. So they would deny, and, and, and that's again, like if she doesn't have that medication, she can pass out, she can uh, pass out and break a hip, fall down. Obviously, that's what they were trying to, to do. They were trying to make her worse. Thanks for listening to the Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. As you all know, the Joy family is super sporty. We all play volleyball. The kids are playing beach volleyball in the summer, high school volleyball in the fall. And right now we are 
traveling across the country almost every weekend, different city every weekend, playing club volleyball. And uh, the kids need good nutrition. Very difficult to be healthy on the road. Sometimes they're playing, you know, up to five games a day, 10 games in a weekend. And they need the vitamins and minerals. They need the nutrition. And I'm so thrilled to partner up with Field of Greens so that they can get all of the vitamins and the nutrients and the nutrition that they need to supplement their regular diet and keep them full of energy and healthy on the court. Also, healing after these long tournaments is really important. And the product line over at Field of Greens is fantastic. It is an easy way to make sure that your family is getting the nutrients that they need all natural every single day. Go to fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And plug in the promo code Shannon. You can check out their whole lineup of products. And if you put in that promo code Shannon, you'll get 15% off your order. So we're super excited to partner up with them and looking forward to a super healthy, super healthy 2023. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When we come back, we have to go to break really quick. We're talking to Sasha Lodipova. She is um, eyewitness. Her family was eyewitness to these disastrous, uh, devastating, horrific, murderous COVID-19 kill protocols that are rolled out across hospitals across the United States of America and handsomely incentivized with federal funding. It is a tragic story. Luckily, Sasha, your relative, your loved one has pulled through. You were able to get her out and she is on the mend at home. But there's more to the story. When we come back, we're going to continue this so that you guys understand exactly uh, what you could potentially be in in for, especially as we have the new variants released. We have the government talking about lockdowns and masking, and and it's almost as if uh, it's COVID-19 2.0. But we're going to continue this this discussion with Sasha in a moment on The Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. If there's anything that would incentivize you to not go into the hospital, it is certainly this story that we are hearing from Sasha Latipova, uh, recently experienced with her relative, the COVID-19 kill protocol in the hospital system. It's devastating. This is why so many people are going to the wellness company to get a second opinion, to get early care for COVID-19 and a host of other issues. People do not trust the hospital system. They want to stay out of the hospital system. Frankly, they want to stay away from their own medical doctors because they don't trust them anymore. And this is where the wellness company comes in. Our good friend, Dr. Peter McCullough, he's the chief executive or he is the chief scientific officer over at the wellness company this is why we trust their doctors we trust their nurses we trust their their nurse practitioners and the host of um of supplies and supplements that they provide to Americans much much needed healthcare a second opinion provided by our good friends over at the wellness company whether it's the emergency uh, preparedness kit, which includes prescriptions, necessary prescriptions, including ivermectin, to the spike support, which breaks down the spike protein for your loved ones who either got the COVID-19 vaccine or suspect that they were shut upon. These are the type of things that you can find over at the Wellness Company. Please go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com. That is getwellwithshannonjoy.com. So they know I sent you. It only works. They only know I sent you if you use my uh, my link. So go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com so you can become acclimated 
with all of their products and services. We just love them. We're so thankful for them. And we need them in the, you know, these times of a crumbling healthcare infrastructure. Sasha Latapova, thank you for being with me on the Shannon Joy Show tonight. We are about halfway through uh, your, your story, loved one, um, locked on the COVID-19 floor in Highland Hospital in Rochester, New York, and uh, isolated and denied basic, basic health care in favor of the COVID protocol, which brings in um, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars into these hospital systems. So we left off um, where your loved one was not given um, medication for a previous uh, ex existing autoimmune disorder, along with other things. Uh, what happened then uh, to your family? Well, yeah. So, so uh, the the issue of not not filling her other medications is important. They also uh, were gaslighting and saying, uh, you know, well, our guideline is that the blood pressure must be at this level, and we were like. We know, you know, this is the person who has been treated for this condition. This is what her doctor prescribed. And you were telling me, you know, no, this is our, our guidelines and like her care is only up to our guidelines. Then they were saying that, oh, no, you know, the EPIC system, which is the system that they use to put all the uh, electronic medical records in, mm. the EPIC system is not allowing us to fill this medication, which is nonsense again. She's She's been, you know, uh, in this system for a long time. It, it, she had these medications. These are the medications were prescribed by her physician again. Uh, and anybody can, uh, anybody, any prescribing physician can override EPIC system. Uh, it yeah. has you know, they have that capacity. Anyway, so that, that's another gaslighting tactic they were telling her. So the, and then the most important thing, why I think this is a separate, so, and I know legally it is a separate uh, part of healthcare. It's not actually healthcare. It's it's countermeasure. Whole, mm. COVID, whole COVID exercise is a countermeasure. Uh, and uh, it's, it's very, very uh, evil and sinister how they've done it. Uh, it, the, so I know that this particular ward and, and I know this, this is practiced all over the country in these key hospitals, key hospital systems, uh, that designate these COVID wards. These COVID wards are separate, are managed separately, funded separately, and the staffing is, is, uh, specific to that, uh, COVID ward. And what was very, uh, sinister is nobody would give their names, their full names. They refused, even though we were trying to get their full names. Uh, the the personnel, the nurses, uh, would refuse to give their names, and uh, on their badges there were only first names, not not last names, uh, and oftentimes it was they wore them or they would put stickers on them such that you can't even read that. And it, it, uh, Sasha, isn't it um, law? Isn't it state or federal? I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but it, don't most laws in most states require that anyone providing medical care or anyone in the, that official capacity of nurse or medical doctor, or, you know, uh, you know, in the hospital that they provide their credentials, that they are credentialed and people can know who they are so that if God forbid, they get bad care, they can, they can report it or they can, um, you know, take care of it. Isn't that, isn't that just standard protocol? Absolutely. 
it's it's uh, it's it's absolutely the law, uh, as far as I know, that uh, you know anybody who has provided care and billed your insurance for for that is supposed to uh, provide their full name and their credentials and their license number. And in any case, uh, even if they, so I started looking up. There are various articles now online saying, oh, oh, nurses requested to not put their full names on badges because for their safety. And that's like, okay, well, it's interesting. Uh, however. Maybe that's the case on their badges, but if you are point blank refuse, like if you ask them, I need the name of the provider, uh, uh, and uh, you know, and they refuse, that's I, that's I find it extremely strange. Yeah. Uh, so, so they refuse to give the names. I think these people are separately assigned, federally funded for mm. this particular exercise because all of this is going under uh, Barda. Um, and DOD funded COVID countermeasures. Um, can we can we remind the audience of what you found? So this is really building on the body of research that you began to compile a little over a year ago, really blowing the whistle on this idea. It, it wasn't Fauci or or HHS or President Trump enforcing and rolling out these COVID nineteen lockdown protocols, whether it's the lockdown, the masking, the distancing, um, the, the, you know, the treatment protocols coming from the CDC, you were able to identify and isolate uh, government documentation, essentially establishing that all the responses to COVID-19 were coming out of the Department of Defense and the Pentagon. This was a military operation. Mm-hmm. That that everything was you know it, it isn't a COVID nineteen treatment protocol. It is a COVID nineteen countermeasure, meaning we are at war and they are battling. It's in it's in the, the essentially in the scope of a war being waged, and so anything that they do, this is why they could get away with having a completely separate wing that is staffed potentially by government officials, not the nurses that you think. Are, you know, are there? It's it's a whole different operation. Is is that what you're trying to explain to the audience there? Yeah, and even if those nurses have have previously worked uh, or or currently employed by by Highland or URMC as you know real nurses with real credentials, uh, people need to understand that this is a contract. So so that's that's the main lie that they that they do. There's a hospital and and hospital staffing, hospital procedures regulated by health uh, laws in the state, regulated by federal. So all of that is is regular. Then the same people can be taken out and under military contract, they become military contractors. So even if it's the same person going between the two floors, when they're on this floor, it's funded by the military contract and none of these regular rules apply. Unbelievable. They have immunity, right? They have immunity. Yeah, there, right. there's a whole legal preparedness that has been done by FDA and HHS. And, and I have all these letters that HHS sent to healthcare providers of how to stay within the guidelines of the PrEP Act, how to do everything so that you are completely absolved. Even if you're killing people, as long as you're reporting those kills within seven days, you're absolved. Thanks for listening to The Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I am so psyched to be working with the folks over at Colonial Metals Group. You guys know that I am all about personal empowerment, never living in fear or waiting for some politician to save you. Being at the whim of the stock market or the current administration does not make me feel safe 
or secure, but having a self-directed IRA where I can safely store physical gold and silver assets that have stood the test of time makes a lot of sense to me. Let the team of experts at CMG help you protect your family's future. Maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you're already in a 401k or an IRA, or maybe you're thinking about your parents' retirement. Regardless of your situation, Colonial Metals Group can help. We put together a special offer for this audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950, and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver. Don't sit around waiting for a politician to save you. Save yourself, protect your wealth, and call Colonial Metals Group today. Oh, my word. Yeah. Now, you don't know this for sure. This is a a strong suspicion at this point, correct? Well, I I know for sure these activities are funded. I have contracts that uh, describe how these activities are funded and legal legal memos how these activities are funded. I'm not saying that nurse Susie that was hiding her name uh, on the on the floor is actually a, a, a military nurse. No, she's mm-hmm. probably a regular nurse f- found from a staffing agency uh, and self-selected into this because she has no moral compass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nurse Susie is funded by the Department of Defense. Therefore, she is Department of Defense staff. And, and the way the HHS um, legal preparedness uh, letters are written is if you follow all these protocols and you're funded under this structure, it's basically like you are now a soldier, uh, like a part-time soldier, even if right. you're like working in this other place. And if you follow all these orders, like soldiers are supposed to, no matter who you kill or injure, you're absolved of any responsibility. That is utterly astounding. And one of the things that 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 uh, stood out to you in this experience was the callous, cold, and calculating nature of the staff on the COVID-19 floor in Highland Hospital under the umbrella of URMC, that it was, it it didn't feel like a typical hospital care situation. It felt different to you guys. Absolutely different because, I mean, you know, we've gone to, and family members have gone to various um, hospitals. Uh, uh, I live on the West Coast, even California hospitals, where I think it's like the last place I would go. But, you know, some some ER visits happened. Uh, ski injury yeah. and so forth. Sure. Uh, none of this was no, it was normal care. It was you know how you would expect, and sometimes busy times and overloaded. Um, yeah, but everybody was you know like like you would expect uh, uh, the healthcare environment to be. They cared about you. They were you know reasonably responsive. Nobody tried to do anything untoward. This was a totally different universe. Totally different universe. Mm. This was a like a like a Twilight Zone, wow. Kafkaesque experience when they would come in and gaslight you and say, "We so care, we so care about your COVID that we're gonna just do all this other really evil stuff." You know, mm. this is very very concerning because we are moving now into another they hope lockdown 2.0 scenario as new variants emerge. We know that here in New York state, the the quarantine camps, Governor Hochul and New York state legislators are fighting like hell to keep those quarantine camps on 
the books. And, you know, this leads, you know, me, you, Sasha, I had Ed Dowd on the program yesterday. He is blow, like ringing the alarm bells. This is not over. This is not over, not by a long shot. We are right at the beginning of this. And if they're able to establish those, I mean, essentially what, what I'm seeing here, and we're going to talk about this more in the next in the next segment, but you know, this looks to me as if they really want to keep this established government kill protocol going and they Mm -hmm. want to continue to study it and, and uh, deploy it, even though we're technically out of our cages, we're not an emergency situation, but they want to make sure that the, the American people are acclimated to systemic killing in the hospital. Um, this is, this is, this is very reminiscent of the the years prior to the erection of the concentration camps and the Holocaust that in, in, occurred in in Germany in World War II, I'm going to ask you about those similarities when we come back um, within the T4 action because we know that they were systemically killing the elderly, the disabled, gypsies, homosexuals, minorities in German hospitals years before they ever began the the practice of of um, you know uh, genocide on the Jewish population. And this is why we need to be very concerned. We'll be back in a moment with Sasha Latipova on the Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back everyone to the Shannon Joy Show. Very, very important discussion with Sasha Latipova. She has uncovered uh, a firsthand account that she experienced with a relative of the actual kill protocols within the hospitals um, using her experience and her expertise in unpacking the true nature of the COVID-19 lockdowns, which indeed were military operation um, in the fog of war. She is now able to explain to people exactly how um, they are doing this. And it is chilling. It is terrifying. Please follow Sasha Latipova on Twitter. Her handle is at Sasha underscore Latipova. And make sure to follow her and support her on her Substack due diligence and art, and maybe even buy some of her artwork, because I know that you saw the artwork on your Substack as well. Sasha, this is very concerning. This is very yeah. concerning. Most people think that these kill protocols have ended. Yeah. I, I, I forgot to mention one thing that they, they did try to sneak in remdesivir. Oh, uh, my word. When when no, nobody was watching. And and uh, that's another thing to be prepared for, because had our um, relative was, you know, maybe a little bit not there or incoherent or just like a disa- like they did this to a number of disabled people. Uh, even though we, as I said, we had power of attorney, we put the we put on the chart explicitly no remdesivir. We talked to them about no remdesivir. Oh. Uh, th- then in the evening, uh, another nurse shows up and says, "Oh, we're here to start your remdesivir treatment." At which point, my relative was no, you know, like very very uh, forceful, saying no. Uh, and but they they did try to do that. So. Uh, again, because that would kick in all these incentives. Um, so, so that's that's a that's an extremely concerning thing. And and another thing is, uh, you're absolutely right about government uh, Governor Hochul trying to get these quarantine camps going, um, because the emergency um, is not over. Uh, we 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 have the public health emergency is not over. It's not illegally not over. You know, Biden made that announcement that was national emergency that he ended the public health emergency. The HHS 
one is still on. And yeah. in fact, they have rewritten it in a such in such a way to say that not just a scary, scary virus, but the potential for scary, scary virus. So now they changed the language saying that any we, we have now permanent state of emergency because there's a potential for scary, scary virus. Well, you know what? There's potential for asteroid hitting the earth. And for yeah. purpose, we need to be in a permanent state of emergency and give our government all these enormous powers, suspend the constitution forever, and uh, have them do whatever they please uh, they want to do with this with these uh, hospital kill protocols. That is absolutely terrifying and and chilling. And we we know they're trying it again. I mean, we are we are moving into all of the calls for the masking and the lockdowns and at universities and businesses. Luckily, there's been a lot of pushback, Sasha, mm-hmm. a lot more pushback than there was in 2020. But this is by no means over. And on a side note, I want to invite all of you and make sure that you are you are you have it in your calendars next Wednesday on the 13th. So that is September 13th. Bobby Ann Cox is going to be in Rochester, New York. Isn't it weird how this all happens in Rochester, New York? I I, I marvel at this. She is. Rochester is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, she is defending her win in front of an appeals panel. At 50 East Avenue in the city of Rochester, New York, as Kathy Hochul and her goons seek to to uh, make permanent the regulations establishing concentration camps in New York State, they're mm-hmm. fighting like hell. This is why you all need to be there. Take the day off of work. Cancel school for your kids. It's a civic lesson. They they need to learn this. We need to turn out hundreds upon hundreds of people to show the state and that appeals court and Kathy Hochul and any of these lawmakers that we're not going to stand for this, that these these concentration camps will not stand in New York state. And as we know from our good friend, Mary Holland over at the Children's Health Defense, um, if they take the coasts, they take the country. That's why they are doing this in California. It's why they are doing this in New York and they're not letting go of it. And Sasha, you are ringing the alarm bell on this. Um, What are your thoughts in terms, I mean, this this is this um, the acclamation of a society to systemic killing inside of hospitals tragically is not new. We saw this. We saw mm-hmm. this in Germany in the years uh, preceding the Holocaust in, in World War II. They were killing people systemically, legally in hospitals with the T4 action. And they were mm-hmm. doing it for many years, correct? Yes, uh, people forget that um, the the actual concentration camps did not start for nine years after yeah. the Nazis were in power, right? So for nine years, they were moving people toward uh, normalizing this idea that the hospital the hospital can do whatever they want with you that they like like they were practicing with these protocols. So that's that's the reason why they keep this sort of warm operational base going. Right. of these practices because that's how you scale anything you have to have a base where you've ironed out all the kinks and then you go big scale because that's now you have the you know you can transfer this knowledge uh on a large scale and that's what they're ironing out over these past few years and then also normalizing the idea and giving everybody a moral sort of out to stand back and say oh well no that's that's public health uh we are all in it together you know, stop the spread, stay home for two weeks, all this 
BS slogans that they're telling you to give up your rights, to, to look the other way, sing louder in churches, forget what we're doing here on the COVID world. It's all locked up and yeah. we're going to tell you anyway. Um, and, and just be silent and quiet because it's for your safety and save grandma. Well, you know what? They just tried to kill grandma. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, so, so that's what people need to understand. It's not over. There, you cannot comply your way into freedom. Okay. That's not just go, it's not going to happen. All you're doing is you're building yourself a prison and your children a prison. Yeah. So that's why we have to be more vocal and stop and resist and absolutely go to that hearing and show them that you're not going to put up with this BS. Yeah. 9 a.m. 50 East Avenue next Wednesday, September 13th. We're hosting a, a fundraiser for Bobby and Cox on Tuesday, the day before at Ponte Vino on the river. I want to invite you guys to that as well, 5 to 7 p.m., where we will we will gear up. But this is this is of utmost importance importance, especially Sasha. Oh, and by the way, killing hospitals of the Third Reich. If you want to watch an excellent documentary, I think it was BBC potentially or an, another uh, documentary company um, that detailed the the killing hospitals of the Third Reich and how they normalized and even even lionized the systemic killing of these individuals, saying that it was it was good for humanity. It was it was to achieve the cleaner race. It was to rid Germans of these pesky pesky genetic disorders, what they thought were genetic disorders. Um, very chilling, chilling justification. But remember, it was primarily medical doctors that were prosecuted at Nuremberg. It wasn't military officials, and uh, you know, or there there were fewer of those. It was primarily in the hospitals. It's a it's a anesthetized way of killing that that is is truly chilling, Sasha. Absolutely mm -hmm. chilling, and and we have to understand that we are nowhere near out of this. What are you thinking? I mean, we are moving into a political season, uh, you know, where we have the two front running candidates, you know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the authors of our demise, the authors of the lockdown and, and the deployment of Operation Warp Speed and the, the, the COVID-19 killer uh, vaccines. How important is it in your estimation that people get involved in this political process and make sure that these candidates are forced to talk about these issues? Or do you think that's not even possible? I don't think either of these two will talk about these issues. I mean, that's very, very clear. Well, Biden, of course not. No. Uh, if people had any last shred of hope that Trump would admit that this was a problem, forget it. After the Tucker Carlson interview, which yeah. was complete softballing. I mean, like, seriously, that was such a, a propaganda piece. Joke. It was uh, a shame joke. on Tucker Carlson. And yeah. uh, same with Glenn Beck. Shame on Glenn Beck. Like mm -hmm. any anyone you thought had a shred of journalistic integrity, forget it. So and and Trump obviously is absolutely lying, and 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 him and Biden did exactly the same thing, exactly the same agenda. One started, one finished, and now is one. You know they're trying to create this whole hoopla of of presidential election over here to distract everyone from what Cassie Hochul is about to do. So yeah. that's what we need to focus on those things: the local, the state what they're trying to do, what they're trying to push through. Now, another thing that's ongoing is people need to be aware is all these WHO IHR amendments. So they're trying to sign away our, uh, so whatever they have done, they already broke every law and, const and constitution. 
uh, on this issue. Now they're just trying to legitimize it and put it into actual law. All of this was right now, past three years, it was only guidelines. Nobody forced you. Now they're saying, oh, nobody forced you to vaccinate, right? Um, it was only guidelines. Well, now they want to make it a law. And so they're working on the IHR amendments to sign away our freedoms. Biden is going to sign on them. Um, and uh, in the in the state legislatures, I know several, I've, I've been participant of the preparation meetings. Uh, they're trying to organize these listening sessions. What, you know, let's get together and discuss what was done well during the pandemic measure, measurements and what wasn't so well. And how can we make more pandemic preparedness, more biodefense, more resilience? So see what they're doing? They're telling yeah. everyone what, what was done was totally great. It was legitimate. It had complete legitimacy. We had to suspend your rights and throw everything into the trash. But now we just, we're just going to tweak it a little bit. So that's that's what they're trying to do, to orchestrate this whole like, oh, you know, there's a democratic process. But then they're going to turn around and sign whatever they were going to sign anyway. So that's what people need to focus on, your local legislator, your, your yeah. even county commissioner, your sheriff. Yeah. Uh, the the these quarantine laws that's what we need to focus on yeah right now the presidential election stuff both of those candidates are going to do exactly the same thing i guarantee you yes i tend to agree with you there that local i always say uh, the way to battle globalism or or the you know the global globalist encroachment is to defeat them at the point of implementation so they mm -hmm. can have all the nasty plans in the world. They can come up with the worst yeah. laws and the worst plans. But if they hit a brick wall at the local level where where the sheriffs, the county health commissioners, the local legislators refuse to enact them or refuse to uh, you know abide by those regulations or illegal unconstitutional laws, that's where it can all fall apart. And that's where every American get, can get involved. I think the danger, Sasha, is that we take our eye off of that local organization and the sharing of information across counties from California to Florida to, to, to New York State about local resistance. And we become distracted by the clown show, the, the bread and the circuses that are provided by you know, the two-party political system. And, and tragically, the majority, majority of what I call Con Inc., which is Conservative Inc., which is the media apparatus, and MAGA Inc. It's all about the mm -hmm. grift and you know, selling of the merch and the buttons and the shot glasses. And it's just this money, money grubbing machine. They have no intention of whether it, it's because they're stupid or corrupt or a little bit of both. I don't know, but mm -hmm. we've got to get ourselves out of that, that cycle. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The, the local action. Well, when we come back, this is, um, this is, this is chilling, but it's also a wake-up call, Sasha Latipova. This is why we love you. This is why we send everyone to your Substack. Due diligence and art is Sasha Latipova's Substack. You can find her on Twitter. Her handle is at Sasha underscore Latipova. When we come back, we're going to talk about University of Rochester um, uh, healthcare system. Uh, Highland Hospital is where Sasha uncovered the the very real. COVID-19 kill protocol. She saw it in action. But this isn't the first time that URMC has been involved in human experimentation. And they are, to this day, continuing to be involved in some really terrible stuff. Uh, a lab right here in Rochester, New York, studying um, the SV40, right? The SV40. SV40. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is which is utterly insane. Essentially, um, gain of function research. I'm going to let you explain it because I'm going to angle it. And you're much better with this at this stuff than I am. 
But uh, this is, um, you know, you found out about, you know, in your research of URMC, URMC trying to save your loved one and figure out what was going on there, um, a lab run by a man named Dr. Dean, um, openly admitting that they're, they are researching and using SV40, which is the simian virus 40, um, to hack human cells, mm-hmm. which is which is essentially, and I'm going to let you expl- explain it when we come back, but essentially gain-of-function research happening using human beings unwittingly. We don't even, you know, it's the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine and the injection of SV40 into as many Americans as possible is now contributing to this very wicked gain-of-function research that you think might be going on. It's crazy. We come back. I, I know I've mangled it. You can explain it back <laughs> when we come back right here on the Shannon Joy Show. We are back. Quick shout out to our amazing sponsors over at Augusta Precious Metals. We could not bring the Shannon Joy to you on a daily basis if it weren't for our sponsors in Augusta preciousmetals.com. They have invested in the Shannon Joy Show. We're so thankful for them. Please text JOY to 68592. That is J-O-Y to 68592 to learn about investing in uh, physical gold and silver using an IRA. Uh, You will get a free gold guide and see if you qualify for the one-on-one web conference, which I've done. The folks over at Augusta Precious Metals, they specialize in uh, moving people over, people who are not comfortable in Wall Street. They think it's a casino. They know the manipulations are happening from the government level, the the, uh, manipulation of our currency, the rampant inflation, uh, the devaluation of so many people's retirement accounts. It's the, you know, the Ponzi scheme is about to fall apart. And so many Americans now realize, you know, things like land, cash, commodities, and even investing in physical gold and silver. This is where the safe money is. Gold has traditionally been a hedge against this type of government manipulation and chaos and uh, will retain its value. It has for 4,000 years of human history. Uh, So this is why people are very interested in this right now. You can transfer a portion of your retirement funds to a gold or silver-backed IRA. It is self-directed, completely private, and you can trust the folks over at Augusta Precious Metals. They do not do hard selling or doom selling. They just give you great information and let you decide for yourself if this makes sense. Please text JOY to 68592, JOY to 68592. Things are getting precarious. As Sasha mentioned and Ed Dowd mentioned yesterday, this is nowhere near over. And this is why people need to get into investments um, so that they can sleep at night under, you know, knowing that they're they're out of the fracas. Sasha Latapova, um, really extraordinary revelations today on the program. Thank you so much for the work that you are doing in your research of U uh, U of R um, as you were trying to save your loved one. Which thankfully, let's give the audience a quick update. Um, you you know, this just this all just happened in the past two weeks. But how is your relative doing now? Oh, she's, she's doing much better. She's at home and even okay. started exercising. So okay. it's, it's good. And we're, we're, we're very grateful. Um, and, uh, you know, very happy that we had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. You were worried that you weren't going to be able to get her out. Yes. I was concerned about that because that was the case before, uh, you know, at the beginning in 2020 people, yeah. they, they would be just kidnapped. And I know several attorneys, um, mm-hmm could not get their clients out. Uh, and, um, you know, they're tragic. Uh, attorney Todd Callender, I talked to, he had a client 
who uh, the hospital uh, hospital attorneys told him point blank, your client, you're not going to get your client out. Your client is going to die here. Oh my and God. that's what happened. And when the body was released, he was starved to death. It was a grown man and he was something like 80 pounds, the body was. So um, it's it's extremely tragic what was happening. And knowing these stories, I was terrified and I was trying to get her out. And we were succeed, successful. And But that's why I want people to be aware of and uh, and be prepared for. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes. so that's, that's why, and that's why I'm telling the story. Um, yes. that's, that's, you, you need to know. Yeah. Know your rights and be very, again, take care of your bodies, make sure that you're taking your supplements, that you're getting your vitamin D every day and your C you guys know, you, you know, I, I, I'm an evangelist for all of this, anything you can possibly do, uh, lose the weight to get off the alcohol, get off whatever it is you need to get off, keep your body uh, healthy because you do not, you do not want to go into these systems right now, even though there are still good people in them. Um, so much of these systems has been corrupted. And so we need to go in with eyes wide open and, you know, look at these hospital systems. Um, you mentioned Sasha, that it is, it's not every hospital system. There are certain systems that are very closely aligned and tethered to government funding, federal funding, NIH funding. And a lot of these healthcare systems, URMC, uh, you suspect is one of those, but how many do you think across the country are not only engaging in these kill protocols and these military operations, but also we're going to talk about um, this gain of function research and this Dr. Dean and his lab using SV40, which is found in the COVID-19 vaccines, right? To, to yeah. investigate, uh, you know, attacking human cells. How many do you think are, are um, in existence in the U.S.? So there are many. Uh, uh, I, I I can't tell you exact number, but definitely hundreds. Uh, okay. There are uh, hospitals, it, it, exactly. So hospitals range. It, it's very curious. COVID illness is a very curious illness because you die in the hospital, uh, depending on which hospital you're in, uh, mm. and closely they follow this hospital COVID protocol, the death rate from COVID in hospital ranges from less than 10% to 70%. Wow. So you're saying that hospitals that are not tethered to the government funding or doing the COVID-19 protocol have a death rate of around 10%, but the ones who Oh, are- less. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Wow. So so and so that, that that so that depends on how hard they are on this particular COVID killing protocol and how much funding they're getting from the government and how tied they are to the federal government and NIH funding and uh, defense funding in the first place. And clearly there are some academic centers such as URMC that have received uh, huge amounts of funding, federal funding and DOD funding for, for decades. Uh, and so the, the most recent example is, is, you know, what I found in relation to COVID vaccines is the Dr. Dean's lab. I'm not saying he's working on COVID vaccines and also I'm not saying he's working on people. He appears to be working on cell lines. However, it's a key piece of uh, uh, scientific research uh, of why SV40 promoter is found in COVID vaccines. So, um, and I just want to kind of step back, but so this finding comes from uh, Kevin McKernan, who is one of the uh, PhD scientists and he's a genetics expert. He was involved in human genome decoding at MIT and uh, now runs a separate uh, DNA sequencing lab. Uh, so he was, um, uh, he obtained or he was sent, uh, some, uh, vials of Pfizer and Moderna monovalent and bivalent, uh, vaccines. He has sequenced them in the DNA lab 
and uh, found uh, that they were contaminated, especially Pfizer was highly contaminated with um, uh, what's called plasmid DNA material, other DNA material. And uh, uh, and then he sequenced the DNA and he found that in addition to other problematic things, it also had this piece of uh, simian virus 40, only piece of it, it's called SV40 promoter. Mm-hmm. Now, the, that interesting finding was that that SV40 promoter was not included into any regulatory disclosures that the pharmaceutical company is supposed to make. They're supposed to show this is what we code for, yeah. and the, the whole map is supposed to include everything that's there. And there is a map uh, that they submitted to the regulators, but it omits the fact that it has SV40 promoter on it. So, so mm-hmm. that that's a, that's a huge scandal for and. Uh, the, the the DNA contamination was not supposed to be there at all. There are very strict limits as to how much DNA material can be in the final product. The okay. DNA is a raw material for the RNA. Okay. And so during the process, it's supposed to be completely, the, any remnants of it are supposed to be completely removed. Okay. And obviously they were not removed. They're still there in large quantities. Um, and there's many, many problems with it. And they contain this piece of um, simian 40 virus. Can you talk about SV40 very quickly, where it came from? It, I mean, this dates way back to the polio vaccine contamination, mm-hmm. the SV40 cancer-causing agent. Um, and and so this has been around, it's well known as, as uh, you know, a cancer-promoting agent. Um, but can you tell people about this SV40? Yeah, so simian virus 40, it's a, uh, it's a virus that was derived uh, from monkey cells experiments or yeah. experiments on monkeys and then they collect the samples and they uh, inject the next set of monkeys and then they collect the samples and they did it 40 times and they derived that virus. It was contaminated. Um, the polio vaccine was. Wait, I just Can I stop you right there for just a second? I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I know that. But so so the SV40 was essentially a gain of function product that came mm-hmm. out of the experimentation experimentation in, in using these monkeys. Mm-hmm. And so they would they would grow the cancer cells, they get the most virulent cancer cells, cut cut them up, chop them up. It's I mean it's disgust. I, I I ask you this because I've just can I I'm I'm just researching right now a, a mini documentary on uh, gain of function research that happened in New Orleans three months prior to the assassination of JFK by none other than Lee Harvey Oswald. And this is the testimony of his mistress. I interviewed her in, as part of this mini doc in New Orleans. And that's what they, they did that with mice. So mm-hmm. prior to weaponizing cancer using mice, and it was a very crude and disgusting process where they would grow these nasty tumors and slice them up, grind them up, put them on, uh, you know, some type of, you know, Petri dish, submit them, then like blast them with something to make them worse. And then they would inject the mice, a whole new round of mice with, I mean, it's, it's horrible. But so mm-hmm. you're saying that the SV40 came from that similar kind of gain of function research, crude gain of function function research in the 1950s, that it was, it was reused to weaponize cancer. That's what they were doing as part of a secret uh, government operation to uh, take out Fidel Castro. That's what they were told as part of a CIA operation. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You really cannot. Okay. Yeah. And so now you're saying, okay, 
So that's the SV40. So that, that is essentially, it's a gain of, it's a crude, crude early gain it's, of function. It's early gain of function. I mean, they all, they always cover up gain of function. Remember they, it, every paper that's published, uh, it, they say, oh, it's for cancer and it's for drug oh. delivery. But th- those are two, two cover stories, cancer and drug delivery. Now, okay. So whatever, regardless of, you know, so yes, it's, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's came from a crude gain of function research, but whatever, 40 yeah. experiments later, they have this SV40 virus. Then, then it, it's recycled. Mm-hmm. It recycled and found in original polio vaccine and it's associated with cancer. Now it's, it's, it's complete history. And by the way, original polio vaccine is, was done is even more disgusting way that um, you're describing with mice. I have published, uh, uh, there is a paper from WHO, I'll send it to you. And I posted it on, on Twitter or X um the the recipe of how to make the original polio vaccine which is disgusting it's it's like you know absolutely just a witch brew process and i'm not exaggerating you can read it i will i put that's factual it's published by who i posted it twitter immediately censored that tweet saying that it's uh violence hate and racism okay what yes recently this was just two days ago yeah 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 (laughs) Violence, hate, and racism. Yes, in in just publishing WHO documentation on how the original polio vi- uh, vaccine was created. Yes, this is strange, Sasha. <laughs> so how does this? Okay, how so? SV forty now has contaminated, or yes. So, so now we're talking. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so so that was the full, let's call full virus SV40. Now, this current version that Kevin found in Pfizer vials um, was uh, SV40 promoter, just piece of it, small piece okay. of it. Yeah, uh, and we and and his question was, why is it there? It's not declared, and uh, what's its role? We mm-hmm. found what's its role uh, on URMC webpage of Dr. Dean's lab because that whole lab is dedicated to researching SV40 promoter and another uh, promoter gene for the purpose of delivering whatever cargo it is attached, whatever nucleic acid sequence it's attached to into the nucleus of the cells. So not just through the cells. Through the cells, we have lipid nanoparticle. Once it gets into the cell, the next obstacle is the nucleus. And uh, what what happens is lipid nanoparticle truck drives into the cell, unloads the cargo, SV40 promoter, unlocks the door into the nucleus. That's what it's called. So they need they need the the SV40 promoter mm-hmm. that was that is a cancer causing agent, but they need that to get into the nucleus mm-hmm. of yep. of the human cell. Yes. And yes. Un- okay. And, 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 that's, and that's very well described on his page. Uh, and I published it on my Substack. Actually, Meryl Nass also wrote a couple of articles about it and published on her Substack uh, the same information. You can see it's very well described. That's its exact purpose. Now, of course, Dr. Dean claims that this is for the purposes of gene therapy, uh, so that they can, you know, edit the the, the genetic deficiencies uh, uh, of of people that they're going to treat with gene therapies. Okay, fine, Dr. Dean, you can, you know, you can do that. But first of all, this is now we're talking in the context of gene therapy. Second of all, gene therapy is identified as one of the six categories of biological weapons by the U.S. government, Air Force, NIH, DOD, uh, since 97. 
by the way. And a specific way of weaponization of gene, gene therapy is adding stealth genes. Stealth mm -hmm. meaning stealth. secret. Mm -hmm. Stealth meaning undeclared. What Kevin found is an undeclared SV40 piece in the genetic sequence that then ends up in the final product. So it fits 100% the definition of a biological weapon of weaponization of gene therapies. And that's why which they've injected, is, which they've injected into hundreds of millions of human bodies. Oh, billions. Yes. Billions, which means that essentially they could be conducting. I mean, <laughs> we've seen gain of function research on monkeys. We've seen gain of function research on mice. We've seen other d disgusting versions of gain of function research. Does this mean that they could be conducting gain of function research on humans that we are in the pr this process right now of, of, conducting of, of weaponizing something making it worse and worse and worse by studying um you know what they've already created in the body yes that's exactly how they do it so people misunderstand or, or there's a lot of mythology about gain of function and that's on purpose also part of a propaganda and, and cover stories um so they they pretend like these scientists can design some kind of sequence on the computer and then synthesize it and it just like walks by itself and leaks from the lab and infects hundred million people. That's the um, trashy novel uh, type yeah. of a uh, yeah, story totally that everybody yeah. like like lay audience thinks that way because they have been predictively programmed to think that way. Now mm -hmm. in reality, what happens? This does this approach does not work. Nothing can be synthetically made in the lab that can just like spread around by itself and infect the whole world. Mm. What they do do in the lab is uh, typically like with mice or monkeys, they will inject them with some poison. The body starts breaking down uh, in uh, uh, novel ways uh, or growing new, new tumors and they select the worst ones and then they inject the next uh, uh, group of monkeys with that with that tumor material. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's the gain of function. So they yeah. need to inject. And so that's what they did. They injected billions of people and now they're collecting samples. So in the time you, you come to the uh, hospital, your doctor, uh, you, you get blood analysis. And especially this is in the, in the military environment in VA, for example, they mm -hmm. have this whole group of people captured in their family members and their children. So that's what's going on. So they, they will inject collect the samples, collect the materials, see how DNA is breaking down, see what, what DNA is expressed in tumors, see what's what's expressed in viral shedding, uh, um, and then uh, document it, patent it. That's mm. a very key aspect of it. Patent those things and design new new sequences to, to inject. So that's, that's what's going on. That's the real gain of function. Potentially on human beings. On human beings, yes, right now as we speak. Because everybody's been injected with this. This is this is mind-blowing. And to your point, that's exactly what they were doing in New Orleans. It's exa ex exactly like in, in, in very specific detail. My word, we're talking to Sasha Latipova. Um, you can find uh, all of her information, all of her research and her study, and including the, I would assume, the 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 disgusting polio rep recipe on your substack. <laughs> Hopefully substack hasn't uh hasn't um censured you, but Twitter sure is. What is it about? What is it about the polio recipe that Elon Musk and the folks over at Twitter don't like? What is it about finding the SV40 in the COVID-19 vaccines, which could essentially lead to and, and likely is leading to a, a 
gain of function research now being used on humans, right? What is it about that that needs to be suppressed? She's on it. Due diligence in art is the subsect that's due diligence in art. You can follow Sasha on her uh, now shadow ban Twitter account. Her her <laughs> handle is at Sasha underscore Latipova. And uh, when we come back, we're going to finish this out in the Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Please make sure you uh, support our sponsors, the folks over at The Wellness Company. Go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com. That is getwellwithshannonjoy.com. Also, the folks over at Augusta Precious Metals. Again, guys, without our sponsors, we could not bring you this show on a daily basis. Uh, They are very generous, and they have invested in the Shannon Joy Show, which we are so thankful for. Um, Please check out Augusta Precious Metals at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. If you are thinking about investing in gold or silver in using an IRA, um, make sure you try them out. Go to uh, text JOY to 68592. That's JOY to 68592. Sasha Latipova. Okay, so I feel like we have s- <laughs> scratched the surface. I'm so not sciencey, but you have a, a, a brilliant way of kind of explaining um, what is what is going on using you know the your expertise as a pharmaceutical uh, executive research and development, um, we need to have you in the into the virtual studio again in the next couple of weeks to really like dive into this gain of function research stuff. Because I that's mind blowing to me to think that, that they've really, they've kind of moved on. They, you know, they wanted to use the monkeys. They wanted to use the mice. They want to use all the animal research. And, you know, all the PETA people got after them for using animal research. And so finally, eventually, they're just like, you know what? Hell, why don't we just let's trick the humans into becoming their own experiment? And it's so interesting because I said without any knowledge of this whatsoever, Sasha, I just had a hunch in 2020. I, you know, I, I told everyone that vaccines are the single most important issue, the defining issue of the 21st century, because they essentially they essentially are the underpinning of the 21st century economy, where we're the commodity, like we're the experiment, we're the consumer, and we're the product, like we're we're all of it. And in in this discussion, you're really moving us into this new space where, um, yeah, we might be the human the human experiments. Yeah. Is that what we should take from this potentially? Yes, exactly. And this is it's even more sinister in the context of, you know, WHO uh, plans that that I have discussed. And I also um, advise people to read um, Dr. Meryl Nass's um, substack. She wrote a, a, an amazing paper about this particular issue. So they're using humans as as guinea pigs and, and monkeys that they were using before the same way inject collect inject collect inject patent in the process you know uh and uh but also these these new um i international health regulation amendments that they're uh, going to sign sign up to in who they in fact incentivize this they incentivize gain of function research they uh, obligate every country signing up to this, including all these African countries that don't even have like, you know, urine analysis labs. Now they all have supposed to have genetic analysis labs to do this, to collect the samples in their population, to study their genomes, to identify the most pathogenic um, uh, uh, agents or viruses, whichever you want to call them this way, uh, and then share them with WHO so that they can be propagated everywhere. That's how it is written. So 
you know, people call us crazy conspiracies, but this is written in the WHO document. Go to Meryl's uh, Substack, read it. She wrote an amazing paper. She published it on Brownstone as well. Yeah. It's all there with quotes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, and I, I'm doing, um, I'm going to be at the Brownstone, Brownstone retreat this, this weekend. Um, and I think I might've seen Merrill on the docket for presentation, which is, you know, I'm really looking forward to collaborating with uh, so many amazing colleagues there. Um, <laughs> you're reading the document. This is not conspiracy. This is not out there. This is what, you know, and this is, this is become the hallmark of your work, Sasha, is that you really just read the documentation, you read the contracts, you read the laws, you read the international laws, and you report to the people. This is absolutely sinister. And I think think piggybacking on what Ed Dowd and I discussed yesterday, this is not over. All hands on deck. Do not go to sleep. Do not get distracted by the political circus that they're trying to shove down your throat um, because, because they're ramping up. They're ramping up and we need to have our medical freedom community uh, together, organized and ready to to reject all of this uh, in, in any capacity possible. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Absolutely. So the, the again, and then I'm bringing this back to local and state you yeah. ha- and yourself and your community down to your neighbors. You have to uh, realize that until people become vocal and say, no, I, this is nonsense. I'm not signing up to this. You can you Biden can go sign whatever piece of paper you want anywhere you want. When you come home, this doesn't apply to me. There we because go. I'm not a slave. I'm not your monkey in the lab. You're not yeah. going to inject me or my children with any nonsense. Mm. That's what people have to realize that it's not going to stop until you say no. Yeah. Well, and there are ways, I mean, you, you and I, you know, off the record when we were discussing and preparing for this, um, that for this interview that in, in a lot of ways, God has protected so many of our bodies. Um, you marvel at how difficult it was for them to roll out these vaccines and keep them at the proper room temperature. And there were so many idiots that were deploying these and injecting, you know, 20 year old at CVS, injecting people with COVID-19 <laughs> vaccines uh-huh. that, that unwittingly a lot of people were spared because these vaccines were not kept at right temperature. And this is why, I mean, what an amazing miracle that in addition to the 25% of Americans who rejected it whole cloth, there's a a whole other percentage of Americans who were probably injected with something that was not even uh, potent, right? It was it was yeah. the equivalent of of a um, of of a you know a saline injection or so because it, it wasn't kept at proper temperature. So that's like so we have it's not over. It's mm-hmm. not like this is over and you know where you know we're we're moving into this this um dystopian nightmare like we still have time to to fix this and and to and to right the ship correct right so so first of all their plan didn't work and and yeah, yeah i i discussed it on many other uh places that the the shots were distributed in such a way that only about 5% of the doses were lethal and highly toxic mm. and the rest had kind of like huge variability spread because they wanted people to be injected not have any side effects and then become recruiters and promoters of this of these uh, vaccinations and to create this like oh you know you guys are conspiracy fine yeah fine yeah so but uh they bought 10 doses for each american and obviously they did not get 10 doses in uh today if you followed to the t all of their recommendations you would have gotten seven so which one who got seven did cdc had get seven did Fauci get seven? 
Oh, Biden? I don't think so. Oh, mm-hmm. Jill is Jill has COVID again. Uh-oh. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just those of you who played Russian roulette a couple of times and now realize that maybe that's not a good idea, stay that way. You know, stay with us. You yeah. see, you see the nonsense. Once you see it, you can't unsee it anymore. Right. And so, the momentum is on our side. The momentum is on the resistance. Mm. And if they don't have the monkeys and they don't have the mice, they can't do the research. Let's let's not be monkeys and mice. Let's be human. Let's use our brains. How about that, everyone? It's novel. (laughs) Sasha Lodipova, I love you. I just love having you on. Um, I'm glad we've gotten to know each other a little bit better, too, through this, you know, crazy kind of Highland Hospital, Rochester, New York angle. I hope you come here sometime. Um, I will. I will. And and we'll meet each other, but um, really uh, f- fabulous work. You guys go to Sasha Lotopova's Substack, um, due diligence and art, and make sure to follow her on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for all your work. Keep it up, okay? Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for uh, for speaking with me today. Oh, of course, of course. This is a mind blower. All right, guys, thanks for being with us. Keep it tuned right here on the Shannon Joy Show. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all again. Hey everyone, Shannon Joy for Connecta Mobile. So when I started my show 10 years ago, I would talk to my friends about privacy and the Fourth Amendment, and they would look at me like I had three heads. Now, fast forward to 2024, post-COVID, and everyone is talking about privacy. We are freaked out by AI, grossed out by government surveillance, and very aware that data is the new gold. Combine that with the new reality that your whole life and all of your data is on your phone and in the palm of your hands, making you a sitting duck for common hackers, corporate hustlers, or government spies. Are you going to let them get away with that? Well, I'm not. And that's why I use my Connecta mobile phone as the official business phone for Joy Media. That's because Connecta is the only phone company that specializes in security and privacy above all else. Call Connecta Mobile today and talk to a real person who lives in the United States about securing your devices and communications for as little as $35 a month. Their basic plan includes device encryption, encrypted text, and data, also a free phone. That's just the beginning. Call 941-246-2156 to talk to a representative. That's 941-246-2156. Or go to phone123.com slash joy today. That's phone123.com slash joy. Get securely connected today only with Connecta.